What is up, everybody? Joe Sib here. Welcome to Rad Parenting. Sitting across from me as co-host and the master, Anea Bogue. Anea Bogue. How are you? I'm good. I switched up our intro. You did? <laughs> is that because I just commented comment yeah. on it? Yeah. We got to keep it fresh. Well, I went back through some of the shows just because I like to listen to how they sound, mm-hmm. especially since we're in our new room, our new studio, and I wanted to make sure that it sounded better, and mm-hmm. I feel it does. If you guys ever have any comments on that, do not hesitate to let me know. Just email us at radparenting at gmail.com. Also, any ideas for shows you have. Today's show is spawned from a couple emails that we got, because you remember when my uh, daughter threw her party a couple weeks ago? Yes. A few people were like, how did that go? How was it? Etc. One of the things that I was super, uh, I don't I guess the word is, I was just taken back by how well she knew how to throw a party. That's interesting. And I, and I, I think mean, I know what that means, but I think maybe qualify that. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want people to think like, yeah, because the keg got tapped and the beers and the, it wasn't anything right. like that. Um, she knew that there was rules from the beginning. And, and this show, we'll just dive right into it. This is going to be geared towards teenagers. And if you have a toddler, you may be like, well, I could never imagine them having a party. But I'll tell you right now, that day will come so fast. I was driving to pick up ex- uh, speaker cords for the PA that they had. They had a DJ and everything. But while I was driving to go get those, a buddy of mine who has just had his first child, his daughter, yep. he, he was saying, wow, she's a week old. And I go, man... You know what I'm doing right now? I'm driving to get speaker cable for a DJ that's playing a party in my backyard, and my daughter's throwing it. It's the last day of school, et cetera. And he, he said, and you're down for that? And I go, no, not really. But I was more down that the fact that she took the initiative and the responsibility, which made me feel good at the end of the day, that my wife and I had done a good job with raising her. But the show today is really going to tackle, I want to get down, I want to get your thoughts on it. I got my thoughts on it, and then it'll be like a word salad. <laughs> Yummy. A, a, the, a, a salad of ideas and thoughts. But the idea that in our household, drinking has always been a part of the social aspect. We've had parties at our house since the kids were, you know, since we've lived, since they've been alive. Right. We've been around for, right. you know, from, their, from their first birthday party through the, the big Thanksgivings. Uh, through you know all the holidays, through the you went to our Fourth of July party. Yes, it was awesome. You know, yeah, and I, I so think I'm, I'm going to throw that over to you. How about in your life with your kids? Yeah, well, um, so there was my approach in general with my children has always been that we don't the things that would be taboo in our house are are not the things that some parents might be like, oh yeah, definitely off limits. Like including you know being social, responsible drinking, and I know that you would say the same thing. Like you know drinking's always been like you know there's a way to do things in moderation and and responsibly and not have extremes. For some people, I certainly respect that you know there's some households that need to be dry households because alcohol has been an issue or you know drugs have been an issue or whatever. But uh, in in my house. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, not that we've thrown a lot of parties, but we definitely like to. And when we do, uh, you know, alcohol has been present, but we've always been about consciously modeling responsible behavior around that. Okay. Uh, the thing that we started with it, it, growing up, and it was a conscious decision because when we had our kids, there was a, there was a moment in time where I was holding my son and I had a beer in my hand and I was like, or holding my daughter and I had a beer in my hand. And I was like, there was a moment where I was like, wow, you know, my daughter and a beer, like two of my favorite things, like, boom, you know, like, you know, and there was that moment. And then I, I also thought like, you know, how, 
how I was raised is is a really different. I think not, but but it was so. It, it was different in the sense that it was just simpler. I felt with, with the way my parents handled alcohol with us. What? Tell me about that. What yeah, does that mean? I mean, and this is the this is the theory that I've applied to my family. And you know, check in with me in five years. Uh, the theory that we've had around the house is. Uh, we've, we've had people here to drink. It's never been a, like, there's never been, sure. There's been like margaritas, you know, being made, but it's never been like someone showing up with a bottle and there's like shots being drank. Like the objective is just to get messed up. Nothing like that. It's always been very, very social. Also, my parents were very, very, um, they never, ever drank so much that they got drunk. I've never seen my mom Hmm. or dad Mm -hmm. drunk. I've never seen them act a different way than they were acting before or after. And less on my dad's side, he isn't a real big drinker, but my mom, you know, through the time I was a teenager, I remember she had her 50th birthday party and, you know, huge party. Um, it was always social in the sense that there's always food provided. Mm-hmm. There's always um, plenty of drinks for people that don't want to drink. Um, and you're and you're cruising in that beer and wine world mm-hmm. where there was never like, hey, we're going to throw out some Manhattans for everyone or the bottle of bourbons on the table. Like, that never was there. And also, uh, there was also a, a constant awareness on my parents' end while they're throwing this get-together. Mm-hmm. Like, they never checked out. They were right. being responsible. Yes. yes. If there's As guests, the hosts of the party. Yes. They were, and that transferred on to me, yep. which I think transferred on to my daughter because- at this get together, you know, there was there's the first, you know, she looked in and so did we. We looked into all the laws, you know, no, you know there's no alcohol being provided, obviously, yeah. you know, from us. And that was just yeah. the rule like, hey, you can have a party, but you, you, right. know, you can't. But then you're also nervous of, or, you know, kids, kids showing up. Stuff out in, and, yeah, what, sure. and, and, you know, I'll just throw it out there for the, for the folks that are listening is that I'm not really seeing that the drinking's a thing, it's definitely the edibles. That's definitely what. The, wow, the, we're into a whole other. Oh, yeah. you mean in terms of it being something that the kids can be yeah, uh, just, the, indulging in? Yeah. That's you, it's not on your radar. It's so not in other words, radar. if they showed up with you know a bottle of whatever or a case of beer, you'd know yeah. what was up. Yeah. Um, so so now you, you now when you're having a get together like this, you know kids are coming in and they're 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 they don't have a backpack with them and they don't have mm-hmm. anything with them it, but you don't know if like hey did they just you know did they eat an edible before they came here so you know when i when when i'm thinking about that it's like okay so that's just another factor in having a teenager that wants to have a a celebration. Okay, so let's. So if we were to look at this as because I'm thinking about our audience and, and what they're listening to, because I feel like as we talk, chatted about this before we started today, that really, you know, one of the questions and your question out the gate of, you know, what what did you do in your house is is really how do we help parents navigate exactly this question of. Um, I can give you the question. Okay. Is that for the parents that are not going to drink around their children and not going to have gatherings where there's alcohol mm-hmm. and that's a part, and I, and I have a, a few friends that are raising their children that way, which mm-hmm. I respect, mm-hmm. you know, I, I 100%, I'm like mm-hmm. that, that is, that's great. That's the path you want to choose. I love it. Awesome. Uh, I have no problem when I go to their house. I don't have to, you know, I'm, I'm fine with the juice box. Right. Uh, okay, here we go. The question is, is for the parents that are listening to our show, they go, gosh, you know what? Yeah, we do have beers. We're uh, social and, drinkers. And we're social drinkers. We, we have the backyard with the barbecue and the, and the cooler full of beer and the, and the wine on the table. And I realized, wow, Joe's bringing up something I never thought of. My son and daughter 
one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Now they're realizing that there's drinks and let's face it, booze around the house. Mm-hmm. How do you work and navigate in that world? Um, and okay. that's, that's the question to you, yeah, Anaya yeah. Bogue. <laughs> Full <laughs> name. Just a little one, yeah. So, so I, um, I, and, and, and I will say no right or wrong answer. I'm just, yeah. I'm just like, what is your theory on sure. it? Sure. So, and so that's the, where we're coming from, everyone. Just it's an d- open discussion. discussion. We're not saying do this, do don't this, do or that. do that. I'm right. just telling you what's going on in my world. So here's what I know, and I'll give so, sort of my personal and my professional uh, perspectives. So on a personal level, I was also raised in a home where. My parents didn't make things taboo. Our home was open to our friends coming over. And I think that even though they never overtly stated it the way that I might state it with my children, I think the general feeling was it's fun to socialize with people you care about. They were always about feeding people and, and offering, you know, whatever drinks if people came over and having a good time. Um, and the approach was sort of like, if you're going to try drinking when we got to, you know, like whatever, 15, 16, 17 years old, um, do it here first. And that is really sort of carried over in my own parenting in that I, I absolutely believe that, um, adolescence as part of the variety of ways that they are, are exploring who they are and navigating, you know, social relationships and social interactions and, and the way that they want to be in the world, that inevitably they are going to, whether it's before college or while they're in college, they are going to experiment with 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 alcohol, with drugs. And um, what I know, and I could probably find some solid data to back this up because a lot of it I get is from, you know, through personal experiences that that young women that I work with that go off to college that the kids that had the most restrictions before they went to the went to college were the ones that just were like out of control yeah. the first time they were everyone everyone remembers that you move into the dorm I remember yeah. I moved into my dorm in college and and I'd already been living with on my own for two three years so when I moved into the dorm I was just I was just stoked to have a place that was okay a roof over my head for this you know amount of time mm-hmm. awesome I remember the first night I moved in, everyone on the floor was like, we're getting beers. And I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, of course you'll get beers. Right. And they couldn't even figure out where to get them. I'm like, no, dude, the liquor store. You know, I knew downtown San Jose. Let's go. Yeah. Wow, really? And then, you know, of course, the kids that have never had beers drink all the beers. And they end up going to the emergency room right. that night or for alcohol poisoning. Or whatever. Yep. Exactly. And, and then the kid, and then I was like, "Yeah, well, you don't have to drink thirty beers. Try, you know, four or five. Right. <laughs> and know? so I think, and I think, as a rule of thumb, like whatever it is, and I've said this many times, that we ultimately want our children to uh, take with them or to be able to make good decisions around. Once they're out of the house, we want to give them a safe lab, if you will, okay. in which to practice trying those different things on. And so some p- parents really freak out. And I want to just quickly acknowledge that there are human beings out there for whom alcohol is a very serious issue. Absolutely. And I don't want to make light of that. I absolutely respect and and really appreciate um, those adults out there who have even, it could be a family history of alcoholism that have said, I can't take this chance. Like if the, to, to the extent that there's a genetic predisposition, I want to be aware of that and responsible around my kids in terms of what I'm setting them up for. But I think as a rule of thumb, 
the more knowledge, the more information our children have about whatever and, and be able to like work with that information while they are in the safety of their, their primary home, um, the better equipped they're going to be when they go out into the world. Remember the story I told you about the kid that was riding the bike and he took a slam on his face and literally almost... Like well, for like three weeks, he had the full like the road rash on the side oh of his gosh. face, and I remember. I, I do you remember the story. I I don't, and I can't believe that I don't because I had something similar happen when I was young, and it's just horrifying. Well, the whole point <laughs> of the story was when I was sitting there talking to his mom. She was like, "Yeah, he, he was." We kept telling him, "Man, you know, you're going down. You know, like when you're learning how to ride a bike, and you just go, yeah. There's you've never taken that slam, mm-hmm. so you don't know." what the the feelings or the repercussions of that right. slam are. Yep. Well, obviously he took the slam and he had the the face to prove it, but what had happened, he had survived and he learned I'm not going to be the guy pedaling down the hill that fast right. because I don't want to end up with my face on the concrete yeah. like it just was. Right. And I've always had this attitude and tell me if this is wrong because I know right now people are like are you going to lead to like drinking and the idea of doing drugs of like, hey, if it doesn't kill you, it'll make you stronger. I'm not, I'm not throwing that mm-hmm. idea out there, but I'll throw out just the personal decision or the personal, my history. You know, you drink too much as a kid, you throw up, it's a nightmare. I remember, I remember having that happen. I remember, I remember it, one night, this, I was supposed to go with some friends. We were waiting for everyone to show up. The ride never came and usually it did. So you would go to the show run around in the pit with your friends and sweat out all sweat the way out. Yeah. You know, we used to, you know, we used to say that like, yeah, a couple beers, you'll sweat it out. You know, I remember this one night I never drank. This kid came to my house. He's like, yeah, dude, let's drink gin. I'm like, okay. So I drank gin. <laughs> What's gin? Yeah. I didn't know it. Yep. To this day, I can't even smell gin yeah. because I was like so sick. Yeah. It was a nightmare. Yeah. But it, I, I also remember at, you know, 16 or 17 years old saying, I'm not a hard alcohol guy. Right. I never touched hard alcohol yeah. after that. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, I'm not that guy. Same thing with weed. I smoked weed once. I free. I or you know, I, I tried to have a little weed career for a second. Like I'm a weed guy. Yeah. And then I freaked <laughs> out. And you know, and yes. then it was a nightmare. And I just was like, that's not for me. Yeah. How do you like? I I almost wish. And is it wrong to think like I almost wish those experiences could happen so that th- just you know, like yeah, I don't want to do that anymore. Well, th- that's what I think. I'm I am suggesting okay. is. In the safety of a, a teenager's own home mm-hmm. with adults that he or she trusts. And I'm not saying, like, I don't think you dive in and go, okay, you know what? You're going to get totally messed up tonight. No, yeah. You know, it's it's more like, here, here's what we know. Like, there's actual data out there. Other people have already been through this as an entire, like, culture. When you look at countries in Europe where it is acceptable from the time kids are quite young to have a glass of wine with dinner as a very sort of civilized, you know, part of, of, uh, socializing over dinner, you have a lot less incidence of really irresponsible alcohol use among those same kids as they get into their teenage years, their later teenage years, their early adult years. That's important information for us to have because we know that in the adolescent brain that is, remember, first and foremost, trying to say, I'm going to be an individual. I'm figuring out who I am as an individual. I'm going to assert myself as an individual. Anything, when you put up big walls and big taboos, some kids are going to adhere to those those walls and 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 or respect those you know limitations and then the minute that they get away from you i.e. college they're going to go out of control
right there because I, I I have to be the I'll be the parent that's yeah. listening right now that's like, no way, never gonna happen. You are crazy offering. My, I would never offer my son or daughter a beer in this house. Yeah. They know they drink. It is. It is. You, I'll send you away because I hear parents say I'll send yeah. you away to a private school. You. I will put you. You. You are not gonna be doing that in 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 this home underneath my roof. Mm-hmm. And do you, so then the the thing that you're bringing out right now is okay. So then they come out they come out from underneath the screws you put down on them, and now it's freshman year at San Diego State, and you're little, and, and you as parents are nowhere to be found. Nowhere. So the people that are most invested in the safety of that young person at that point are nowhere to be found. I've and, never had a beer and before. The, and I've the, never had sangria. Right. I've never had gin. Okay. I know. Yeah. How does that? So, so so I'm saying so that the inclination to be have been under wraps like that. And I am going to just say one thing that I would hope, it would be my sincere hope that if as a parent, you are taking that stance for any variety of reasons, including history of alcoholism or or just because there's this mentality of like, well, I don't want to give my kid the idea that we're being permissive. Like they're not adults, right? Let's say this. Your grandfather was an alcoholic. Yep. Your father's an alcoholic. Yep. And your uncle is. Yep. That gene runs in your body, bro. Yep. We aren't messing around. So then with it. you, I, I, my my strong recommendation is that that is a real and valid conversation that needs explanation. Straight like no's without understanding are not going to stick. They're just not, especially to the adolescent brain that is pushing their own individualism or individualization. So it's really important if you have those super, super valid reasons, you know, whatever your you perceive to be valid reasons, what I'm going to encourage you to do is if you're going to take a hard no, even that hard no should be uh, followed by or accompanied by some really solid information about why you as a parent are taking that stance from the perspective of wanting to keep your child safe. Because if you don't and they don't have understanding, then I'm just telling you, it's natural human behavior that whether it's a high school party that they go out to and they tell you, no, there's not going to be any drinking because so-and-so's parents are home. We know this is like, that happens all the time that he or she may in, in, indulge in, in experimenting with alcohol and, and whatever else without you being there to help guide them and keep them safe. Whereas in the safety of your household and again, I'm going to just say for, you know, for families for whom this is not like, this is really speaking to parents who are on the fence. Like we don't have really strong issues with alcohol or strong opinions, but we're trying to figure out what we want our stand to be. I would suggest that you, you know, in, in the safety of your home, that you give your child opportunities, like, and it probably starts with like over, you know, a nice pasta dinner, you know, dad and I, or mom and I, or whatever are sharing, uh, are going to have some, some wine tonight. Do you want to have a little taste and just not even for the taste, although that's part of it, but see how it makes you feel in your body, see what it does to your head. And sometimes it feels like in the moment that it's kind of like calming or whatever, but also know that here's what alcohol does. There's a dehydration factor. Your body does not like when the alcohol starts to leave it if it's had too much. And so there's like this thing you've heard of called a hangover. That's real. That's your body going, wait a minute, not very happy with what you did to me. And then the same thing with the drugs. I mean, I had a conversation with my oldest daughter where, I mean, she just straight up asked me like, you know, I want to know more about, you know, the drugs that are out there and what have you tried? And, you know, what do you know about this? And the conversation really ended with me saying, here's what I'm going to say. 
if you're going to try these things, you need to understand that these are, this comes with adult responsibility. There are, you know, what, what goes up must come down, if you will. And here are the ones that I would say straight up off limits, not even because I say I'm encouraging you to choose to make those drugs off limits because the risks that they come with are far too great to be worth the hour or three hours or five hours of fun or experimentation or whatever. And I think she was able to hear that last part because I led with, here are the things, like if you're going to do them, here are the things you need to look out for. Here's how they're probably going to make you feel. I would encourage you if you're going to try this one to make sure you're with your closest friends who you know have got you back, your back and are going to help keep you safe and make you feel safe. Um, and that, that has like been mushrooms. really successful. That sounds like mushrooms. For example, <laughs> yes. And yeah. that has been, the, you know, again, so now speaking as a parent, what I have learned with my daughter, not every child is, is the same, but is her inclination to have to go like two extremes just doesn't exist. And I got to step in really quick because mm-hmm. I know you're on the Stairmaster or you're jogging, talking to our listener. <laughs> Do you haven't fallen off already? Hey, what's up? Joe Sib. Uh, just whispering in your ear right now, Anea is talking about her 21-year-old daughter. daughter. Yeah. We're not talking about the daughter that's, what, 11 now? Eight, Joe. Eight. Eight. Get with it. Sorry. Eight. Going to be she's, nine in September. She's a very smart child. She is, and she's quite quite tall, so yes. Um, there you go. Anyway. But my, my point being is because, you know, with rad parenting, we, we touch on subjects that, uh, you know, we're not some, like... A show that goes like, oh my gosh, they're talking about crazy things here. Mm-hmm. But this was a subject that you and I both wanted to approach with definitely a sense of responsibility from and you some and disclaimers. I. But also disclaimers. <laughs> and also, yeah, and also letting people know that once again, we're having a discussion here. Two parents in the room. I think sometimes people, you know, might forget that we are both parents. Uh, and we are maneuvering out there with you. We're not. We're we're on our little ship, and we're crossing paths with you. And this is just some information that, like, I'm using that little light from back in the day, mm-hmm. Morse code. Yes. Like there are beers on the ship. Yes. <laughs> my 15 year old asked for one. Yes. What do I do? What do I do? You guys can't see my arms moving, but I'm doing that little I wish thing. Wish they could, Joe. All right. But well, but, and and, and but I, think- I think that's just important because I will say this that I I uh, I have heard i i don't want to i don't want to go into like give it away if they're listening to this show but i did have a parent once say to me straight up that she pays her children not to do drugs and alcohol Mm -hmm. straight up pays them money and i was like how much money do you pay them and the number that she gave me for one kid because they were younger and then the older kid that was like 20 now was like, it was like, I'm talking like it was a salary for like, I, and does I she, did, does she drug test them? Does she, I don't like, how know. Do you, how but did she you... was so, so intent on drugs and alcohol. That she goes, I pay my two right. kids straight up each yeah. year, this amount of money to not do drugs and, and alcohol. And, and if that and is I was, absolutely and I, her prerogative. And I, but I, but it was like, I was like, yeah. Wow. That's hardcore. And I and I would guess, and I don't yeah. know for sure, but there is probably some history there that makes that a, you know, really compelling, like, oh my gosh, this is something I have to do. This is a way in which I have to yeah. protect my children. There chil- is definitely that history there. And and I think that, you know, what we're saying, which what we're always saying with rad parenting is take what works for you and leave the rest or take a piece of it and make it your own to suit your your own unique household, your own u- unique style of parenting, your child who is a unique human being. Not any any nothing we say is going to is going to is going to be um is going to work for every parent and every child. So I think it's really important to say that. I think the other thing that I I would be 
remiss if I didn't include this is I think I, we really also need to be conscious about our own social programming around alcohol and drugs and how we, we have, there's lots of value judgments loaded in this. And I think sometimes, for example, although alcohol can yield much more destructive behaviors than things like, for example, cannabis, that we still have certain stigmas attached because we go, well, cannabis is a drug and alcohol is like, well, alcohol is alcohol. And I think that we really also have to be careful because in either case, we have body chemistries that those substances are interacting with. And so, for example, you saying like, your little tour with the, with weed, you know, didn't go well, and you had experienced paranoia and whatever else. Oh gosh, it was the worst. Yes, and I've and it, that's not the first time I've heard that. And in the same way that some people are like, cannot touch brown spirits makes me crazy. Like I turn into a different person, but I'm totally fine with like tequila or beer or wine. These are things that we need to learn about ourselves. And you know, certainly, I don't. I mean, I think it would be ideal that we all be capable of like socializing or calming our stress levels down without having to, um, you know, ingest substances yeah, you're of saying, any you're sort. saying the same thing. Hey, instead including of, pharmaceuticals, yeah, yeah. PS, oh, including that's huge. pharmaceuticals. So, that's... so this is something that is a testy subject. Um, it's a, t it's a tough one, but I, I'm as always coming from the perspective of, we have to look at what's actually going on in, out in the world, what our children are most likely to do in terms of, you know, their own individual path through adolescence and, and, and approach it with eyes wide open in terms of the ultimate goal, which is how do I keep my child safe as he or she navigates some of these challenges, which will inevitably include uh, access or or um, opportunity to to um, experiment with drugs and alcohol. I've always said that the job I feel as a parent is to prepare your children for the world. And 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 if I use the analogy of the ship, which I've used a million times on this show, is they're at when they're at home, they're on the dock. You're with them. You're showing them how to tie knots. Mm -hmm. Hey, this is how the radio works. Hey, what about this? Oh, don't worry. That was only if you capsize. Will that ever happen? Probably not, but if it does... We want you to be prepared. want you to be prepared. Yep. And then you do little runs around the, 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 together where you're on the ship with them, and then the analogy leads into a certain point. They get on it, and that's when they go to San Diego State or Phoenix. And the reason I'm saying both those schools because those are party schools. Yes. <laughs> which, I, yes. which is so Sorry. funny because now that my daughter's talking about colleges, I'm like, hey, San Diego State's pretty cool. Like, Dad, it's a party school. What about Phoenix? That's a party school. Joe, really? really? I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> I, you know, so so the the thing that I feel is that when that ship leaves port, that you want them to be prepared. And as much as I wish the world wasn't a place uh, full of alcohol and drugs, and like you just said, the pharmaceuticals that are in you know the painkillers. I mean, I don't know if you saw it over the holiday, but th there's a whole new campaign where it's DUI. And and also pharmaceutical drugs, yes, like like yes. driving buzzed or driving, and it same on, thing. And I was like, wow, yeah, like no, that is such an epidemic. Yeah, it is, and it's it's so it's really important to kind of like check ourselves and our own programming and our own sort of values around these things. And I think the one other thing I want to say is. You know, anything that is used for the purpose of escapism, like not take, like we were just talking in a recent episode about, you know, sitting with the discomfort, sitting with the disappointment, sitting with the, Oh, like, that was the whole show we did out. on letting, letting your kids fail. That's right. Letting, letting them struggle. That, yeah. that I think more than anything, like when beyond a sort of genetic predisposition, part of what makes our, um, 
children uh, or sets them up, I think, for addictive behaviors is when we are not doing enough around helping them to tap into and develop those inner tools for managing obstacles and challenges and fear and anxiety and all of those things. And so without those inner tools and other ways of supporting themselves through that, they're just turning to drugs and alcohol of a variety of sorts to numb themselves and just not feel those uncomfortable feelings. So there's also work that we can do around that. Absolutely. I feel like we tackled and took our first swing at this topic and we covered all our bases. I feel that way. I, th- I would think it's a great start. And I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely certain that if ever we were to get a bunch of emails on a show that we're probably going to get several on this one. And you know what? Please, like I, we would love to hear from you. If you've got big reactions that are negative, if you've got big reactions that are positive, all the stuff in between, we would really, really love the feedback and, um, and, and we, will, we will get back to you or, or maybe create another show out of it. So Absolutely. And also, and also it's, it's conversations, as we always say, two parents trying to figure it out. You're our community. You're a part of the community. A lot of these shows are driven. This was a topic that was that was brought up to us through the emails. And I'll leave you with if any questions you guys have, radparenting at gmail.com. Also keep those texts coming. If you text the word parenting to 313131, 31 31, we send you the episode uh, each and every week, generally before everyone else kind of gets it through iTunes, which is super cool. Also any dates that uh, either Aeneas is speaking or I'm going out on the road doing standup, you can come to any one of those events as well. Uh, is that it? For, I feel good. I, I feel pretty good too. I feel pretty good and, right and, now. And we have not had anything to drink. We, <laughs> we're <laughs> not escaping. We use rad parenting to escape. Uh, my name is Joe Sib. And Anaya Bo. This is rad parenting. And we're out of here. Late. Late.